Hi, my name is Josh Newark, and I'm a cognitive neuroscience student in the College of Arts and Science, researching brain structure and function. Hi, my name is Khaled Inis, and I'm a PhD student in the College of Engineering, researching water and wastewater treatment. Today on the Intro to University Teaching podcast, we're talking about lesson planning. We covered this content in week eight of our GPS 989 Introduction to University Teaching course, where we learned how students learn how to plan for teaching and how to design short lessons using the BOPS model. That's B-O-P-P-P-S for bridging outcomes, pre-assessment, participatory learning, post-assessment, and summary. The purpose of this podcast is for us to share what we used to think and what we now think or do regarding teaching. Well, could you just explain main concepts of this topic? Sure. So lesson plans should focus on what the student is doing during the lesson. Sometimes teaching can be one-sided, where the teacher is the only one talking, which is teacher-focused. We learned some important elements to incorporate to ensure that teaching is student-focused, including pre-assessment, participatory learning, and post-assessment, which are the three Ps in BOPS. Pre-assessment involves some method of determining what students already know about the topic in order to focus learning at the level that the students need. Participatory learning gets the students involved in some kind of engaging activity that relates to the objectives for the lesson. And finally, post-assessment is another assessment that you do after participatory learning is done to assess what students have actually learned and how that participatory learning helped to achieve the objectives. Well, thank you. Uh, now, could you mention key researchers or experts in BOPPS model? Yeah, so Pat Patterson and Russell Day from the University of British Columbia developed this BOPS approach in 2006. Good. Uh, you know, we did some activities in class to practice this model. Would you talk about one of those activities? Yeah, so in order to develop our ability as instructors to incorporate the BOPS model into our lesson planning, our instructors Aditi and Marley had us prepare a lesson plan following the BOPS steps and present first a short four minute and then a longer 10 minute presentation on a simple topic of our choosing. Uh, so Colette, could you tell us about the topic of your lesson plan? Yeah, sure. The topic that I selected to present was how to make if you're at home. At first, it seemed easy to prepare a lesson plan and deliver the topic in four minutes. But when you want to cover all the elements of the BOPS model, it is really hard. However, after spending time and practice different parts of the plan, making the next lesson will be easier and faster, as I saw for preparing the 10 minutes lesson. Uh, what was the topic of your lesson plan, Josh? Yeah, so uh, for mine, I chose to teach uh, how to calculate a final grade in a course. So when you have lots of different assignments and uh, 
exams and then the final exam, but they are all uh, weighted differently. So the final exam is usually worth more than the midterm exam, for example. And uh, one, it's a skill that is pretty important, even as a student, uh, when you look at your syllabus and you see what all these uh, parts of your grade are going to be and how much they're worth, you have to be able to figure out uh, what your final grade is actually going to be. So that was the uh, simple topic that I chose to explore. And I found that in the four minute lesson, I did not have enough time to really teach and go through all the slides that I wanted to. Uh, in particular, the participatory learning part I found was uh, way too rushed, and that's some of the feedback that I got about it. Um, and that was too bad because I think that that is the sort of one of the core parts that we've learned about BOPS is that you need to give yourself enough time uh, to really let the students engage and let them ask questions uh, and really be able to get meaningful feedback about what they were learning. So I found that when I tried again uh, with 10 minutes, I was able to really slow down and give each student enough time to finish um, and also get much better feedback from the students in the post-assessment part. Uh, so that was sort of a, a good learning opportunity that uh, if you if you really don't plan for student engagement, then you just end up uh, lecturing and really not giving enough time for students to engage. Yeah. I agree with you. Delivering the topic in four minutes is really difficult. So now, could you explain what you used to think about this topic? And can you reflect on what you know about this topic? Yeah, so I used to think of teaching uh, primarily as a lecture and sort of thinking about it as leaving the responsibility for learning to rest mostly with the students. Um, and I think there's a there's probably a good reason for that. I, I think that many of us grew up um, having a lot of experience with teaching being that way, especially as you transition into university education, where there's a lot of lecturing and you're expected to take notes and answer multiple choice questions. Um, but we've really learned in this course to, to again, flip the, the focus from being focused on the teacher who's doing all this teaching by talking and presenting, uh, shifting the focus to the students um, to think about what are the students actually doing during class to be able to absorb that information and, and to uh, learn to be able to perform the outcomes that you have specifically laid out. Uh, so that that just means that in class time uh, should really be focused on participatory learning with the students and the teacher should continually be aware of where the students are learning and where they need extra attention and you can you can be aware by giving those pre and post assessments 
continually throughout the, the lesson and throughout the course. So, um, and another interesting thing that I learned, uh, I heard this on a podcast, uh, it's called Learning is Not a Spectator Sport uh, with Maria Anderson. This was in 2017, uh, that there may be room in the future, if especially if virtual learning becomes more common, for lecture material to be primarily asynchronous or letting the students uh, listen to a recorded lecture online when they're able to, uh, so that synchronous lesson times can be uh, much more engaging and participatory. And I just thought that was really interesting because um, just thinking back of all the times that you have to uh, you have to get on the bus and go to school and and get to your lecture on time. Uh, and and then all you really do is sit in class and listen to the lecture, but. Uh, and it's not that lectures aren't necessary, but those portions of learning she suggested could be entirely uh, asynchronous online. And then the actual live lesson times would have room for more of this participatory learning that we've been talking about. Uh, what about you, Khalid? Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Josh. I agree with what you said. Uh, when I recall what I used to think about lesson planning, I saw lots of wrong understanding. I uh, used to teach a course in, you know, university for four years, and what I did was just uh, uh, making a, a plan to cover all the topics that I was going to deliver. And uh, I didn't have a clear idea for each part of the, uh, you know, listen, how I'm going to uh, get the students engaged and uh, make the delivering of the course, you know, interesting. Uh, generally, I used to believe that lesson planning is just to cover material and not teach students. Actually, I didn't have a clear idea on what are the characteristics characteristics of a good teacher. You know, everyone have different ideas about that. Someone just uh, think about, uh, you know, final grade if. Uh, in a course, all the students got a good grade, so this is a good teacher, but mm, <laughs> this is a wrong idea. Uh, thanks to this course, now I know that the lesson plan is uh, effective when it can get students to think and allow them to interact and ask questions. Recall their background knowledge and build new skills. These are all, uh, you know, uh, criteria that if the, the teacher can cover all of the unit class or lesson plan, uh, surely that uh, class will be uh, interesting for all the students and the results of that course plan will be successful. So, uh, so far we talked about lesson planning and Bob's. Could you talk a little bit about lesson planning and how it contributed to more than one area of bots. Sure, yeah. So while developing the lesson plan, uh, in particular for our for our uh, example uh, assignment that we were talking about, 
um, it was important to consider each aspect of the BOPS model. And by considering these steps, I felt like I was better able to remember and incorporate uh, some of the other elements that we learned throughout the course as well. So, for example, we talked in class about the importance of letting students get to know the instructor as a person. So, when doing that bridge-in step of BOPS, uh, an idea is to tell a story about yourself and the topic of learning. So this could be something uh, personal uh, or perhaps relating to some moment when you had an aha moment with regards to this certain topic that you're getting ready to teach uh, and how it inspired you maybe personally to pursue research in that area. Um, and so something like that allows students to well, first of all, maybe get excited about the topic and not just feeling like, okay, here's another thing I have to remember. It can be uh, something to really draw them in and help them get excited about the topic. Um, uh, but uh, personal stories allow the students also to be more comfortable around the instructor and should help them feel comfortable engaging in the class and also approaching the instructor with questions. So, um, and this is also relating to something we learned early on in the course about um, power dynamics in the classroom and how um, the, the, the power imbalance between the students and the teacher and also because of cultural, racial, sexual differences. Um, there can be uh, cases where students just are not feeling as able to approach the instructor. And so by having uh, really more personal bridges and introductions for the students, it can help to level that playing field. Yeah, uh, I agree. Each aspect of BOPS is important. For example, pre-assessment to be great, very tailor your instruction for the students. It allows you to better understand the pre-knowledge of the students. Uh, so you can adjust the content and the pace more effectively. Also, pre-assessment activities facilitate the students' ability to recall and review their prior knowledge. You know, uh, all the step of BOPs are important, like as I said about pre-assessment or uh, about objectives. All the objectives should be well defined to, you know, clearly show the, you know, uh, way that you are going to go in during the, uh, you know, delivering the course. Considering everything we learned so far, let's talk about shortcomings and area that you would like to go next with the uh, next within this topic about BOPS. Sure, yeah. So, um, as I was saying a little bit earlier, it's probably because I've uh, modeled the teaching styles of some of my past university professors uh, or high school teachers, but I generally have assumed that students in the course have some relatively the same prerequisite learning um, because there's certain prerequisite courses that they've had to take or, or whatever. Um, 
and that they should just be able to jump in and learn from somewhat of the same point. But um, what we've learned about the pre-assessment and post-assessment steps um, that are stressed in the BOPS model uh, has shown that they're, they're a good way to ensure that uh, the instructor knows which learning outcomes may be more difficult for some students. Uh, or maybe a lot of the students are struggling with it and the instructor can just continually adapt the teaching and uh, types of participatory learning that are happening to be able to help in those specific areas instead of just, you know, leaving huge numbers of students in the dust from day one and then uh, they have a really difficult time catching up. So um, I think I guess the idea is uh, trying to, I, think I, I hope to be able to incorporate some of these ideas of sort of ongoing assessment instead of the more classic model of, you know, just doing huge exams and only being aware of issues at those, at those points. What about you, Colette? Well, uh, I would say, trying to learn and apply strategies that can inspire students to think and learn. I have some teaching experience, as I said, and I can say that most of the strategies and approach that the teachers uh, follow include what they want to teach, but they don't often cover how a teacher is going to teach it. So it's, a, it's important to know those approach uh, to be an effective teacher. Knowing those strategies besides applying the BOPS model can make the uh, class attractive for the students. I think uh, the one other characteristic that uh, good teachers have is listening. Being a good listener will make you able to efficiently cover most of the concepts of the BOPS model, especially those that need more interaction like pre-assessment, uh, participatory and post-assessment, especially in the case of uh, my field in engineering, uh, this uh, participatory learning is a bit difficult, you know, to make it happen in the class. So I would say um, it needs uh, more time to be expert in that part. Just uh, as I mentioned before, uh, most of the teachers in my field come to class, deliver the course, they don't have any idea about uh, pre-assessment, post-assessment, or uh, participatory. And uh, so this is a, uh, all, most of the classes are boring. So I would say focusing on uh, these uh, topics and areas would be really useful. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we finish here or comments? Well, uh, to wrap up, I want to say that the lesson plan is the hallmark of good teaching. We'll, we'll learn about this model in uh, this course, GPS 989, and it was really uh, good to know. And uh, I hope we can apply this uh, you know, model in our future teaching uh, activities. And uh, this is a, you know, 
just like every building need a foundation, a lesson plan is the basis of an effective lesson in any classroom and in any department and uh, area of teaching, like as I said, even in engineering. The POPs model is a good tool to make a good lesson plan. So I, I will uh, spend more time to uh, practice this model and uh, effectively apply this model in my future teach, teaching uh, activities. So do you uh, have key takeaway about lesson planning or, and BOPs, Josh? Yeah, I would say that, uh, I would say the key takeaway about lesson plans for me is that lesson is that the lesson should involve the student and it should have participatory learning um, as well as getting feedback with assessment throughout the lesson allows instructors to adjust their instruction throughout the whole course hey thanks uh, thanks for listening everyone and check out uh, our other intro to university teaching episode at link below Thank you and bye.